There's no such thing as failure. And I just don't think you can fail at anything. You're listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat, where we explore uplifting, inspiring, and unique stories from around the planet. Things we're doing as human beings that you'll want to talk about that make us better people. A little dose of positivity in your day? Coming right up. And now for your host, AJ Mises. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Share, Inspire, Repeat. My name's AJ Mises, and it is so great to have you back, and I am so stoked to tell you about our guest this week, who is a boss mom, entrepreneur, and an amazing, amazing person who I can't wait for all of you to learn from. And before we do that, I just want to give you a quick reminder that we can only do this by spreading the love. And we do that by your reviews and by leaving a comment here on the page. So please make sure if you haven't done so already that you subscribe to the Share, Inspire, Repeat podcast and that you've also left us a review so we can make it to the top of those podcast charts and continue to stay where we are, bringing all the good directly to you. All right. So without further ado, I would like to, in just a moment, bring on Hani Sagari. So Hani is an entrepreneur, a biochemist, and an anti-aging industry disruptor. And she has a skincare brand called Chiral, which is the culmination of a lifelong mission to improve lives and increase longevity. And she's had experience driving 600% year-over-year growth with her healthcare startup and taking an e-commerce startup from zero to over $20 million in revenue over five years. She is quite accomplished. She's coming to us direct from Los Angeles. So, honey, welcome to the show. Hi, AJ. Thanks for having me. I love the intro, by the way, the, oh, the music. Good. I'm not talking about the part about me. <laughs> and also your bio. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love well, that too. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, yeah. of course. Well, it's really great having you on the show. So, yeah. you know, we were just kind of talking before we started jumping on here, but what does chiral mean? Oh, sure. So my background, as you mentioned, is in biochemistry. And I thought the next business I have, I want to give it, like, I want to pay homage to the field of chemistry. So chirality in chemistry is a mirror image of a molecule. But what's really, really interesting in chemistry is that even though this molecule is made up of the same number of atoms, everything, it's a mirror image, but it behaves totally different in your body. It targets different receptors. And I thought, oh my God, that's like us humans. We're all the same on a molecular level. We're all the same inside, but we're all so different at the same time. And, you know, the whole mirror image, you know, self-reflection. So I thought it was just so appropriate to name my company after that. But that's what chirality means. And chiral is, like you said, a culmination of just everything I've learned throughout my life, my love for the sciences and art and beauty and all these great things coming together and my want to uplift, teach women about entrepreneurship and make entrepreneurship more accessible to more people, especially women. So yeah, that's Chiral. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's you. so awesome. And you're kind of like a serial entrepreneur, right? So you've had a couple of different businesses. What have those been? Yeah. So is that what they call it? A serial entrepreneur? <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> only been three. But the first one was a healthcare startup. And that one was really exciting. So I've always had a passion for the field of aging. I came to America at age seven from Iran. 
And I quickly found myself befriending all the old people in my condominium. And they taught me how to speak English. They taught me about arts. So I learned so much from them. But as you can imagine, by the time I was in fifth grade, they started to drop off little by little. And that's where my mission to want to prolong life started. I was like, oh my God, I'm losing my friends. What if I could keep them around for longer? And I started researching like the fountain of youth. What is it? How can you make people live longer? And you need to have the applied aspect of aging. And that's what I wanted to get into. So I started my home healthcare company, not knowing anything about business. Grew it to 1.2 million the first year and then doubled that the next year and doubled that the following year. And it just kept growing because I loved what I did. I would wake up seven in the morning or I would hit the road at seven in the morning, come home at 11. And it was just like, I was in love and so happy. But what ended up happening is over time, we had a approximately 600 staff members at one point. I couldn't give my staff the financial means that I really wanted to. You know, this is like, for the most part, unless they were a nurse or occupational therapist, a lot of my staff members were certified nursing assistants. And it was like a minimum wage job for the most part. And it really broke my heart that like, I can't pay more. And it wasn't because I didn't want to, it was just the nature of the industry and the margins. So at the same time, we simultaneously started a e-commerce logistic and fulfillment business, and that was also growing. And, you know, some of my attention started to shift on this side a little bit, especially on the human resource side, because we had to hire a lot as we were growing and also warehouse staff and, and so forth. So did that, we were growing that. But again, when you lose heart, when you're just not happy, like that pep in your step, that waking up and, you know, hitting the road, you start to lose that. And day by day, like it starts taking a little bit of your soul. And I knew it's time, it's time to leave and start over. So took some time about two, three years, two years to develop like this concept for chiral and really bring it together and set it up. So three years total it's taken to wow. set up chiral, get it up and going. And the model for it, I love it's allowing others to take part in our business and be able to sell the products and also learn about the aging process and entrepreneurship and all these things. We educate them on it and they can make money off of doing that and also recruiting their friends and family. So yeah, I'm really excited for it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. very cool. Thank so you. Let's talk because I think a lot of our listeners experience and myself included, right? Moments of burnout or moments where you just are realizing that I need to make a change in what I'm doing. So what were some of those signals to you? I mean, you kind of mentioned it before, like you noticed it was time, but like, what was that experience like? And what did yeah. it sound like? What did it feel like? You just kind of know. There's something deep inside of you that, again, like I said, it's the pep in your step. It's that waking up and really feeling like you're having an impact and you're making a difference. And I slowly started to feel like I'm not having an impact the way that I want. I'm not making a difference the way that I want. And yeah, sometimes you can pivot. But I also looked into pivoting and it was just like, I needed to get out and start fresh. And you just feel it like a little bit of anxiety takes over you in the mornings. You're not happy anymore. You're a little snappy. You just feel it like it's, it's a feeling inside. And you know, it's that little voice also telling you like, come on, it's time. It's been seven years. You could either really put a lot of energy into this and fix the situation. And I'm not a quitter. I stay with things, but this I knew like it's time. It's time to move on and start fresh and take everything that you've learned and do something bigger and better. 
that's how I felt, right? I could actually use this as a stone to step on and do something even greater. Right. Like instead of it being like this master reset button, it sounds like what it was is like, I have all of this knowledge. I've built a couple different businesses. I I know how to run a business now and I know how to market. I know Mm -hmm, how to sell. mm -hmm. I know how to maybe do branding. I know how to hire. And how do I take all of those things and parlay it into this new concept or a new company where I am really passionate about what I'm doing? Exactly. Exactly. And another thing we learned in the world of having an e-commerce business, and we were a fulfillment logistics warehousing business. So we worked with a lot of startups and especially Kickstarter, Indiegogo, crowdfunding startups, which was when we first started, that was a very new concept. Indiegogo, Kickstarter had just come out and we quickly realized that these customers had a very special need. They didn't really know what they were doing. They put this product up, prototype on the internet and people started investing in them and they're like, oh shit, this is really like working. Oh my God. Now I have to like get this thing into production and I have to do this stuff. And so we came in and we're like, we'll take the logistic headache away from you guys. And we didn't know what we were doing, you know, I'll be honest. So we were kind of growing with these brands and some of our brands went to $100 million, $200 million in the span of a very short time. So we grew with our customers, but simultaneously, I learned a lot from them. I learned about the world of e-commerce and wow, like you could take a product, sell it on on the internet. And it was very new at the time. So I learned about that and I wanted to definitely incorporate some of those elements into my new business. However, what I didn't like is that a lot of our customers struggled with, if they're selling a product, let's say for $100, they would pay Facebook or Google. 80 of that, right? And I didn't want to be at the mercy of these advertising channels, especially because they changed the algorithm overnight and not to talk bad about it. I know you have a background, so I'm not going to talk bad about them. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but I wanted to, I was like, why pay two platforms when I can actually have people do exactly what Google and Facebook do? And plus, you trust your family and friends a lot more than you would an advertising platform. So I wanted to also build that and incorporate that sort of model. And somebody was like, yeah, that already exists. It's called multi-level marketing or network marketing. I'm like, oh my God, but that's a Ponzi scheme, isn't it? Isn't that like what pyramid schemes are? So I looked into the model and I love it. It actually facilitates cooperation instead of in, I think a lot of times in corporate America, there's a lot of competitiveness amongst teams or individuals. Whereas in this model, it benefits me to cooperate with a team because their success is my success ultimately. And I love that. I was like, oh my God, we have to build on this. And also this model of like, other people can earn money and so forth. So that's where I am. And I have a story I could tell you what actually inspired me to do this too. Yeah, yeah, it was this concept of business in general. I think my mother was the inspiration for all of it. Like I mentioned, I was born in Iran and Iran in 1979 had a revolution. And shortly after we had the Iran-Iraq war. Well, my mom during the 79 revolution, she was taken in into prison because college students started the revolution and anyone who was against this new regime was taken and executed or taken into prison. And sure enough, four or five of her roommates were already executed and they put my mother in prison trying to build a case around her so they could execute her. And one of her classmates, and my mother was a social worker. She was in her last semester of, uh, or she just finished college. So one of her classmates saw her name on a list and was like, oh my God, I recognize her. And she's such a sweet lady. What is she doing? Let me see if I could help her. So he went and approached my mom and said, if I could get you out of jail, would you be able to run this woman's shelter? Now we have all the street workers from before because Iran's uh, prostitution was legal during the regime. 
they're out in the street and they're either going to execute them or they're going to do like put them in jail. So do you think we're gathering them up? We're putting them in these women's shelters. Do you think you could run the shelter if I get you out of jail? And my mom's like, do it, please, you know, get me out of here, whatever it takes. And so she went, she ran the shelter of let's say 60 women or so, but now they run a rock war that had started. A lot of the widows of servicemen were ending up in the same shelters. And these two groups, we have the conservative women and you have these ex-street workers and they're clashing. So my mom's like, I have to figure out a way to occupy their time somehow or another. So they, at least they stop fighting and clashing with one another. And so she, her skill was sewing. She taught them how to sew with a thread and needle. And then she went back to someone high up and said, can you guys get a sewing machine? Cause these women's skills are growing. And he said, well, we need sheets and uniforms throughout the war. Can these ladies make uniforms for us? And she was like, done, we'll do it. Just get me the sewing machine. So sure enough, he did. And she, again, a young 20 something year old, didn't know anything about business assembly lines. She set up assembly lines and, you know, had the more skilled workers on this side and so forth. So before you know it, like these women were able to slowly get paid for their work. Some of them left to get, you know, better jobs. And, but like, that was the inspiration in my life. Like what my mom did for, you know, several hundred women, I want to one day do for thousands and thousands. And I realized that teaching skills, like it's the whole, you could lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Bad analogy. Okay. Lead a horse to water. Yeah. <laughs> no bad analogy, but you have to teach people the skill sets, right? You can't just give, like you have to give them the actual skills. And I love that. And that's something I want to incorporate in this business, teach women the skills of entrepreneurship and, you know, how to run their own business. So yeah, like I'm really excited for what we're going to do. And I haven't talked once about what it is that we sell or do, but I'm really excited. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's great. So like going back to, you know, I'm just curious because the first thing that comes to my mind when you hear about like those partnerships is like an MLM or like network marketing or things like that. So what makes Chiral different? Like there are stigmas that exist. I mean, let's just be honest around yeah. pyramid, whatever, and MLMs and stuff like that. So what's different about Chiral? Sure, sure. And I did a lot of research. I wanted to be different and kind of get rid of the stigma around it. One is that you get paid for recruiting people under you because you sell them a package of some sort, you know, a starter package. Sometimes it's up to like $7,000. And we've all heard of the nightmare stories of Lula row buying thousands of dollars worth of leggings that very well knowing they can't sell. Well, we've gotten rid of that. There's no product to be purchased because all of our products are personalized. We're a personalized skincare regimen, four steps, and it's customized for the individual. The concentration of the products are formulated for that individual. The pH of the product, especially the exfoliants are formulated for that individual. So there's no way that they can buy this package. And legally speaking, they can't. There's only a technology fee that they have to pay for, which is like at cost really to run their backend software. And there's no way to make commission off of that. So we've gotten rid of that whole model of make money recruiting people. Now all that's left is the cooperation of the people, like passing on the skills that you have. So if someone's below you, you still make commission off of them, but you have to teach them skills and everything that you know. And that's what I mean about the cooperation. And the that. second thing is a lot of network marketing companies, and I don't want to talk bad about people in my industry, but the products are not good, right? But people are just pushing them and selling them because they have to. And like I mentioned, it took three years for us to come up with our product, really do it well, formulate it well. I've worked with some of the world's top four 
formulators because it's a science and an art at the same time. So I've got the science, but I needed someone to bring the art forward. And the person I've worked with, our formulator is just phenomenal. So we have good products. We have a good service. And I, at the same time, education's at the root of everything we do. So that's really what makes us unique. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love that. And it's such a good approach. So I'm curious, like, let's talk about Hani the person as a second. So like, if you could have a billboard with anything on it that screamed a motto that you just love, what would that be? There's no such thing as failure. And I don't know. Yeah. I just don't think you can fail at anything because you either give up. I mean, this is my experience. You either give up, lose heart, which is also giving up and not giving up, but you either move on, give up, or you pivot. So how can you fail? If you're constantly growing and learning and pivoting from what you've learned, how can you fail? What is that word? Anyway, so that's my, there's no such thing as failure. Mm -hmm. So who's someone that taught you that or that was really influential in teaching you that concept? I guess my mother, I would say my mother and also my grandmother. She was illiterate. She only had a second grade education, but she was somehow able to raise a family of 10 children and build apartment complexes, not knowing anything about engineering or she was in a contractor, second grade education, and she was able to do it. And it just took a lot of grit and resilience. So I think I've learned a lot of these lessons from some of these powerful women in my life and my family. And I've been so fortunate. And I think same thing with my mother, like she's just so resourceful. She didn't know anything like I mentioned about assembly lines and even coming to America, like you don't know you're starting fresh. And she had a name for herself back in Iran, but when she came to America, she had to work in daycare centers and build up from scratch. And now she's a social worker again, doing what she loves, but you know, so like I've learned resilience and grit through these really awesome women. So grateful Heck for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, hello to your mom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and hello Thank to you. your grandma. Thank you. That's wonderful. That's yeah. really great. So how would you like to our audience, like if you were talking about the number one thing that people need to know about setting themselves up for success and showing up authentically mm. to who they are as human beings, what would you say? Yeah. First of all, you have to show up every day. I'm a mom of two and I told you it's taken three years to put this business together and really bring it out the way that I want. But you have to show up, first of all, every day, even if it means just getting dressed, putting your makeup on, getting in front of your computer, do it. Don't give up. But authentic self, I struggle with this too myself. Like it's very hard. I struggle with this. It's hard for me to say how to show up authentic because I'm trying so hard to be myself and not fall to, you know, like being something that other people want me to be. I've done that many times. I'm learning now finally to like, no, your accent, your quirkiness, your this, that they're all like unique. And that's what people want at the end of the day. And people want that genuine voice and that genuine self. So I'm learning to be more of myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Being patient and just yeah. and learning and understanding that, you know, one of the things that I've really come across over the course of my career is that anytime that I was like projecting or wearing a mask or like showing mm-hmm. up in a way that I thought somebody wanted me to show up, mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. like I constantly was trying to create a story or like a way in which that version of AJ needed to show up mm-hmm. versus just like, mm-hmm giving my raw, authentic thoughts about something, Mm -hmm, especially mm -hmm. like, you know, in my work in HR leadership coaching, 
sometimes a lot of it, I would temper the type of response Uh. that I would give just because there was maybe a strong reaction that I had to what a leader was telling me or a way that we had to solve you know, upskilling or up-leveling the organization. And Uh so instead of me telling them exactly what I felt, I would temper and I would not actually give the right message. And so I've learned that too, that you just have to authentically Uh do you because that's what people want. That's what people are spending time Uh with you for. That's what people Uh crave, right? This authenticness versus an Uh inauthenticity. What if it's controversial? What if what your belief is controversial? I want I, I like mm. to ask you your opinion, especially in corporate America, where like you know if you have a certain belief that you're shamed and and you're silenced. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, controversial beliefs are definitely present and prevalent in all of us, right? Like polarizing things even, mm-hmm. and so. What I think is sometimes when we have a safe space and a brave space, I would even challenge at that, Mm. a brave space to have those types of conversations where, yeah, maybe we're coming at it from total polar opposites, but we're saying the thing because then ultimately we're going to get to a happy middle ground over Mm -hmm. how we need to move forward. So I encourage those controversial conversations because then you're not actually, you know, when it's not a brave conversation, you're just talking about the peripheral. You're talking about the things that surround the actual thing that you really should be talking Mm -hmm, about. mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's been my thing. I love that. Like creating a space for employees as leaders for us to create a safe space for our employees and our staff and um, our entire organization so that they can voice their opinions because you need diversity. You don't want everybody to have the same thoughts as you, right? Diversity is what makes everything so unique. And um, I just find it that sometimes in a lot of um, companies, like they talk about inclusivity. However, certain thoughts are shut down and I want to make sure that doesn't happen to our organization. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that comes from the top down. You starting with that intention is Mm -hmm. a beautiful thing because that that everyone Mm -hmm. will follow. That's great. Okay. So here is another question for you. What would you change about the way that people, women, maybe since you're a woman-owned company, what would you change the way about people approaching their careers? I think it's allowed now. It's more common for people to have multiple careers in their lifetime. You know, in our parents' generation, it was like, you have that one job and you have it. I'm a social worker, but now you can be so many different people in your lifetime and it's okay. You did this and it's okay to move on. But I tell a lot of friends, I want to start a business. I have girlfriends that are like, I want to start a business. And I tell them, it's one thing to like start socks, for example, but it's another thing to live, breathe, wake up to socks to the point of nausea, right? So you better really, really love what you're going to get into because it's a long journey and give it time because, you know, we live in this instant gratification type of society where we expect our close to arrive in two days. Give it time. It's going to take at least five years for anything good to come to fruition, right? You hear these stories of like zero to 100 million in two years, but like, yeah, that could happen to you, but give it time and be very, very passionate about what you do. Be deliberate, be passionate. And it's okay to pivot, right? Like I love you mentioned. that. It's, you don't, yeah. It is so okay to pivot. And like this growing conversation yeah. that I'm having with a lot of people now has been like, well, I thought I really wanted to do this thing and I'm just unhappy, but maybe I should just keep doing it because it's what I know what I'm mm-hmm. good at. Or maybe I'm doing this thing and I want to go back to another thing that I did before. Mm-hmm. And I tell mm-hmm. people all the time, like these seasons that we entered into in our lives, they change what's important to us. Yeah. And Absolutely. so I love that you said that because it's like giving yourself a permission slip 
to just be okay with where you are and mm-hmm. and what you value, what's important to you. And that just because it's important to you doesn't mean that it's going to be important to somebody else and then vice versa, right? So mm-hmm. somebody else's opinion about what you're doing really doesn't matter because their values and what's important to them, it's not yours. Exactly. So to your point, do something that you want to spend a lot of time to, that you want to be in close proximity to because that's right. ultimately what's going to fill your cup. Exactly, exactly. And give it time. That's, I think, the point I was trying to get to. It's not going to happen overnight. Give it time. Time, be patient, show up every day. That's my biggest advice to anyone. Just show up every day. <laughs> That's like 70% of the hard work. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Cool. Well, we're getting close to the end of the episode, Hani. Thank you for spending time with us. We always leave our episode with this very last question, which is how can people continue to bring more good into their lives? What would be your advice? I think you have to deliver good to other people's lives and it'll naturally get come back to you. Do what you're passionate about. And like you said, bring your authentic voice out there and good will come to you. Positive thoughts, positive intentions. Start with the positive intentions in mind at first. I love that, honey. Yeah, I think. That's great. Thank you. Uh, Well, tell our listeners, where can they find out more information about you online? Sure. You can follow us on Instagram, Chiral Skincare, or you can visit our website, chiral.com. And if there's anyone out there that would like to start their own business, especially in the world of skincare, cosmetics, oh my God, I've spent so much time researching and doing R&D and so forth. And I would love to give guidance to anyone. Or you could join our team at, and you could do that by visiting chiral.com slash partners to learn more. Amazing. Awesome. Well, yeah. everybody, this has been Hani Sagari. Hani, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you, AJ. It's our pleasure. It's Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat with AJ Mises. Interested in sharing a story or being a guest on the show? Visit shareinspirerepeat.com to introduce yourself or to submit a story. You can also check out more details from this episode by visiting shareinspirerepeat.com.